So let's get to the message uh, part three in our series here on wisdom for living. Uh, the first week we looked at, uh, you, you know, how do we get wisdom from God? What is God's kind of wisdom? Uh, we looked in week number two, Pastor Ralph shared on Jesus is wisdom to us. And now today uh, we're going to get into the practical area of wisdom for relationships. God's wisdom for relationships. And I want to start, I have a quote here from Gary Smalley. Uh, he's a Christian author. His book is called The DNA of Relationships. And listen to what he says. He says, almost everything we do touches a relationship in some way. Think about that. Wow. Just, uh, uh, just think about your day. Whether you're at home or at work, driving your car, playing, exercising, shopping, vacationing, worshiping at church, or doing any one of the many activities you and I do every day, we are constantly involved with people. We even interact with people in our sleep. Now, come on, how many know, how many have gotten in trouble for something that you did in someone's dream? Come on, right? We, we've had that happen. People are we're saying, you can't count that. That's not real. That was a dream. But isn't it true though, right? We, we uh, sometimes will carry our burdens, uh, those that we care about, into our dreams, you know? So literally, there's no area of life that's untouched by relationships. Now, the personal growth and development world tells us that we will, in five years, be the sum of the people, the five people we most spend time with. You know, and Scripture tells us that uh, we need to really give thought to relationship and who we are spending our time with. One of my mentors just kind of summed it up this way. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And of course, Proverbs tells us in 1320, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. So, you know, we do well, you know, we've been beating this drum all year on this theme of, so living with intentionality, living on purpose, let's tie that in with this picture too. And we, we with regularity, uh, on, on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, we hit the topic of relationships for the reasons I mentioned, it's so vital. But in, in this particular message, I want to be zeroing in on God's wisdom for relationships. Because how many know we could, we could grasp a principle and have information, but sometimes we miss God's wisdom on how to walk that truth out? Can you say amen? You know, so, so we see scriptures like, like I just read there that says, well, you know, uh, the companion of fools will suffer harm. Uh, you know, bad company corrupts good character. It tells us in the word, uh, don't be unequally yoked together with somebody who's an unbeliever. These are all things speaking of that, that principle of, hey, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. But yet, without the proper application of God's wisdom, we can uh, retreat into a church bubble to where all we're surrounded with is church people. We could, we could begin to treat that like certain people have value and certain people don't. Wrong message, right? I mean, Jesus, <laughs> two of the disciples walked up to him with some people that they found disagreement with and they said, Lord, should we call fire down on them? You know, and the Lord's response was, no, you don't know what spirit you're of. You know, you have information, but you're not certainly walking in wisdom from heaven. You know, so we are to love people. We are to engage with the world. Though all those scriptures that we just quoted uh, do, do not instruct us 
from God's wisdom perspective, they don't instruct us to isolate from unbelievers, to not have any kind of relationship or friendship, to not love, serve, care for people who don't know Christ or, or, or even feel very different from us. Can you say amen? You know, so, and, and then as, so what, what, what we want to look at here today are uh, some principles on, okay, how can I live my life in a way where it has a fragrance of heaven to the world around me? Doesn't that sound good? Right? A fragrance of heaven to the world around me. And, and to be able to discern. So, so let me say in the front end, so we're talking about our most intimate and meaningful and up-close relationships. But we're also talking about all of the casual relationship coming and going that we have that, that I mentioned earlier all week long. We're, we're, we're interacting with people. So I want us to look at it in all those levels. And then just the last thing to kind of tee us up for where we're going. Uh, once again, as we're talking about relationships, this is not the time to start the list for, oh, brother, did Pastor Jim read your mail? You know, to, to somebody in our lives that, you know, that message was so for you. You know, we, we want to instead say, no, nope, not going to be thinking about anybody else this morning. I'm going to be taking some inventory with the Lord on, on where are my relationship, where's my relationship factor right now. Can you say amen? Some of you saying, oh man, you're taking away all the fun out of it, right? All right, so three principles. These all relate to each other. This is certainly not exhaustive, but... I think these are pretty potent things. They're not even complicated things. These are just very simple. But if we are walking these things out, what they will do to help us bring the fragrance of heaven to all those that we interact with. Okay, principle number one, the golden rule. The golden rule, right? What's the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Matthew 7, 12. Jesus said, so in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Wow, that's staggering. Jesus made a statement and he said, you want to take all the law, all the prophets, all that was written, all that was conveyed. It's summed up, you know, here, relationally speaking, do unto others. You know, treat others the way you would want to be treated. You, you know, and it was interesting. So as I was preparing, I just... I just started scratching out a list. Well, what are some of the things that I would really look for that I would want in my friendships, the relationships that I'm engaging with, you know, intentionally? And, and, and I put down the things that we're going to look at here. And then, uh, then I went and did a little Bible study on those. And, and then to wrap it all up, I went and I just did some Google search on what do psychologists say are the most sought-after uh, principles for, for friendship, sought-after traits that people look for in a friend. And it's all the same stuff because we're all people, you know, and, and we all desire these things. That's, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So uh, some of these are fill in, some of these are filled in for you. But the first one, uh, if you're taking notes, following along, encouragement, right? What kind of a relationship do we want? We want to ask ourselves, am I doing unto others as I want done unto me? So first off, encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So, so Paul is commending, you know, the, the church at Thessalonica saying, hey, be encouragers and build each other up. 
right? So what we're going to look at here today, my prayer, is that we become forever severed from our relationship behavior being attached to what someone else is doing toward us. Can you say amen? So this is about, okay, I can't necessarily control what anybody else is doing toward me. I can influence maybe, but at the end of the day, they're going to choose what they choose. Therefore, I don't want to be held captive or driven by the way someone else is behaving. I want to, in Christ, be a certain kind of person to all of those that I relate with. Come on, that'll set you free living that way, right? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Right? So, so encouragement here. Uh, encourage one another. Build each other up. We want to ask ourselves, how am I doing uh, living as an encourager? How about in uh, Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider. <clears throat> so, let's consider. Hmm. Let's think about this. Right? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day, capital D, approaching. When the Lord returns and rules as King of kings and Lord of lords over this whole earth. Right? Yeah, and, and, and we know we're living in times, they're, they're squeezing more, it's getting darker out there, there's more pressure, all the more, if, if, if uh, the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying all these couple thousand years ago, hey, in light of the fact that this day is approaching, encourage one another. Now, 2,000 years later, when here in this nation we're saying, man, we're almost watching daily as this battle, you know, of light versus dark is happening around us. All the more so, we want to encourage others toward love and toward good deeds. Doesn't that make sense, that picture of all the more? So as it gets more intense, as it gets bumpier, as, as it gets more turbulent, what we ought to be thinking in Christ is all the more I need to love. I need to encourage, you know, I need to be one who is pressing uh, those around me toward love and good deeds. So listen, it, when I'm not doing this, I can fall into some not good habits. I can nag. Anybody else bear witness with me? Not that I nag. I'm talking about you. You're right, Jim. You're right. No. Right? Has anybody else ever tried nagging? How about sarcasm? How about scorning? Mocking? Critical spirit? I've done all those things. How many would say with me, you've done those things at some point too? All right, let's ask ourselves a question. How does that work for us? Not that good, right? God says, hey, there's a better way. We can walk in his wisdom, right? So starting off being encouragers, what that's going to do for people around us. Number two, love and forgiveness. Not number two, but second point here under the golden rule. Uh, we want to be people who do unto others as they do unto us. We want to be people of love and people of forgiveness. First Peter 4, 8 to 10, above all, love each other deeply, deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. 
Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, isn't it true, right, that we so much value when we are loved? You know, we value being forgiven. I'm going to talk more about uh, love in, in, the, in the next point we look at, but let, we, we all crave that. We all are starved for that. All right, number, the, the, the next one here is truthfulness. We look for honesty. Proverbs 27.6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So speaking truthfully, uh, putting off uh, falsehood. These are things that, you know, we, we want to make sure that we step into. And of course, Scripture teaches us speak the truth in love, right? So we have that working together. Uh, you know, we're honest, but w- the motive is love, you know, and we can tell, well, love's motive isn't that we, we never say challenging stuff. We never have confrontations. We never have difficulty. Love is I prefer your highest good. Love is I'm even willing for things to get a little messy because we care about each other enough to make sure that we can talk it through and resolve it and be truthful, right? And and then we go back and we look at what are the alternatives. It's passive aggressive. It's stuffing it. And, 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 you know, looking at relationships, one of the most lethal things to any relationship is resentment. And the, the scary thing about resentment, it's, it's silent. It's, uh, it's uh, like elusive. It's insidious even. You know, we really want to wanna, uh, be aware to not let resentment, it, that leads to bitterness. It can come from offense. And a lot of that will be allowed to fester and get roots uh, if, if we're not, in fact, you know, dealing in truth and speaking truthfully. And walking in love and forgiveness. Amen? Amen. All right. Next one, support. Don't we, don't we love relationships where we are supported? Uh, Ephesians 4.29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. So again, wisdom from heaven here. We have a picture of, you know, we can, we can let her, literally let it be the filter. Okay, what I'm about to say here, is this going to build the other person up? And build them up according to their need. And then it goes on to say in that verse, that it may benefit those who listen. Okay, the next one, we can fill in this one, faithfulness. Faithfulness, right? Isn't that something that we so value and appreciate from, you know, relationships in our lives? Uh, Proverbs 18.24, this is the negative side. We'll look at the positive side after that. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The negative side is unreliable friends, you know, can bring ruin. Proverbs 17.17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So that's faithfulness. And then selflessness. That's the last one we'll mention. Like I said, not an exhaustive list, but certainly we can work from that and look at, hey, what do I want to see others? How do I want to be treated by others? And now I make the decision. I'm not going to wait for that to happen in some way. I'm going to simply start sowing that and being that. That's, that's walking in God's wisdom. And for selflessness, we have the words of the Lord in, in John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. 
Amen. The golden rule. Man, we never get away from it. How many can say, like, as far back as you can remember, you know, somebody told you, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And how many know all the years that have gone by here, we got to keep being reminded of it, right? Uh, that's, again, on purpose. That doesn't stay put. All right, principle number two, prioritize the vertical relationship over the horizontal ones. And, and the key here isn't so much, you know, probably most of us in the room know, you know, we're called to love God first and foremost. But what we're looking at here in, in light of wisdom from heaven is living to where loving God first is a lifestyle and an ongoing priority in our lives. Matthew twenty two thirty six to 39, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So that, that so illustrates what is the greatest. Well, well, Jesus says, you ask me the greatest, I'm going to give you two, but I'm going to give them in this order. You love God, then you love people. Because the picture is out of my ongoing relational love where God is flowing through me, that love of God waters all of the relationships around me. From the most meaningful relationships in my life to when I'm just, in, you know, uh, interacting people in my day-to-day life. And so love, we're saying a lot about love. Agape is the Greek word in the New Testament. And it's actually defined for us in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 13. Uh, let's look at this in verses 4 to 8. And again, let's look at this from a how we do in perspective. So love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast and it's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. How about this one? It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And then here it is. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Therefore, verse 8, love never fails. Praise God. Praise God. And so here's the picture, right? You know, we, we got to understand out of, out of our uh, being born again, God's Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Now we've got that agape living in us. So God doesn't say, now behave yourself. He says, let me change you. Right? He doesn't say, be gooder. He says, let me change you. Because now you have a brand new nature on the inside, but you got this battle daily with the flesh. So take your cross. Bring that flesh to the cross every day. Jesus says, and follow after me. And, and what we do is we let his agape pour out of our lives to others. Which is why uh, we have to, with great intensity sometimes and great purpose, we have to make sure that that walk with him is being watered, is being uh, 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 poured into, is being prioritized. I can tell when I'm allowing distance between me and the Lord in the way I start to feel about others around me. Amen? 
You know, and it's a get, get, get back with the Lord, get some time with the Lord, go worship Jim, you know. Uh, just realizing I, I need his love to work out of me. And that's beautiful. That, that'll always be. And as that's happening, and as we grow in Christ, we become more and more transformed into his nature. More and more of Christ and less and less of us. So some other thoughts on this. Love is putting a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10 on everybody's forehead. Now, I, I've mentioned that in past messages, but I, I want to add a thought to this. I, I had a thought here in, in my, you know, sermon prep time. You know, when we think about the in him scriptures, how many have ever heard somebody preach, you know, go through your Bible and look at all the scriptures that say in Christ, in him, by him, through him, that that's who we are in Christ. And, you know, here's a list of them and go home and study them and declare them and put your name in there and all of that. I know, you know, I've been a pastor for something like 30 years now. And can I tell you, every single time I have preached or taught or shared that principle, it has always been you go home and apply it to you. And then as I was working on this message, like God dropped this thought on me. Hey, if you put a 10 on everybody's forehead, that's true for everybody else too. And so when, when, when there's friction between me and somebody else in the body, I can look and say, you know, all those in him scriptures that I'm fighting for, for me, let me believe the best about them. That's who God wants them to be. That's who God says they are too, right? Oh man, now all of a sudden I'm seeing a value in everyone. Now I've not allowed myself to start um, even, you, you know, trying to live a, a, just a righteous life. I haven't allowed myself to start ranking people. Well, they're really a five. They're really, a, let, me, let me word it this way. Now we're not treating people based on their behavior. We're treating people based on who they are in Christ. And you want to know what, church? That's how God treats us. He doesn't treat us on our behavior. Now, now uh, a, a, a clarifying statement. I'm not saying that we don't confront. I'm not saying we tolerate naughty behavior. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, that, that means anything goes. I'm not saying any, any of that stuff. I'm talking about a, a life that is fragrant of, has a fragrance of heaven that attracts other people to us, right? Is, is to live in this way where, where I put a 10 on everybody's forehead. And then in that, it's that we value people. We, we will love people if we value them, and we will value people if we love them, right? So sometimes it's just going back and looking at ourselves and our own humanity. Maybe we've been hurt or wounded or, or uh, just disappointed, you know, and, 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 and we're having a response. And now we can stop and say, wait a minute, no, no. I'm, I'm not, the way I'm processing this, I'm not allowing myself to love this person. You know, and, and going back to clarifying, loving them might be, hey, listen, we need to talk. Because what I really want to do is not talk to you, like ever. But instead, I'm going to do the, the Christ-honoring thing because you are in Christ, just as I am in Christ. And, and, and let's try to work this out if we can. Now, now, another clarifying statement, you know, the fragrance of heaven to some, it's, I'll put it like in my terms, like have you... Sometimes I'll take my mom into Walmart and I can smell, uh, I forget which uh, pretzel place it is that they have in there. What, what, what is it? Annie, maybe it is Auntie Anne's. I think that's in the Walmart over there. And I just smell that pretzel bread, you know. That's as the fragrance of heaven to me, you know. <laughs> 
especially on diet days. I'm like, no in Jesus' name, no in Jesus' name, no in Jesus' name. But, but for others, the fragrance of heaven, it repels them. That's going to happen. That's okay. We want it to be, it's, it's him that they're pushing away, not something that we allowed on the earthly relational level that, that, that's getting in the way. Come on, can you say amen? amen? All right, so everybody has gold that God has placed on the inside. And, you know, sometimes it means pushing past dirt, just like when you mine for gold, you got to move dirt out of the way to get to the gold. Uh, that's what we want to do as well. All right, so, so, so far we've looked at the golden rule. If I'll, if I'll approach others, treating them always the way I want to be treated. By the way, can we just have a therapy session here on the road? That means using your blinker. Come on. Yes. Amen. Especially when you're waiting to go out on the road and they're about to turn here and you're waiting to go right and they just watch you and slow down and then just turn. And it's like they did it on purpose to say, yes, I am disrespecting you. I'm eyeballing you while I'm doing it. Come on. Nobody else feels the pain of that that I feel? All right, just checking. Just making sure I'm in the right room, you know. So doing unto others in every setting is we would have them do unto us and then keeping God prioritized first because that's going to water our other relationships. Now the last principle, purpose to be approachable. Purpose to be an approachable person. And again, we're talking about living on purpose, intentionality. What does that look like? Well, let, let's unpack that scripturally. Ephesians 2, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, verses 2 to 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You know, in different verbiage, that is being an approachable person. Let's look at the opposite. Be arrogant and and violent instead of gentle, right? Be impatient and refuse to bear with anybody else. Make every effort to be in discord, right? That's the opposite of this verse. That doesn't sound like a very approachable person, amen? Uh, James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I tell you what, a person who's quick to listen to me and slow to get angry with me, that's an approachable person. That, that's a kind of like a magnetic person that I'm, I'm going to want to get to. Somebody who's going to encourage all these things, you know, the things that we want in others, right? The things that we're drawn to. Uh, so we want to we be that ourselves. How about this? Uh, talking about being approachable. Colossians 3.19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. You know, so I was thinking about that husband and wife, but, you know, I thought that's a principle for every relationship. Who wants to go be with somebody who's going to be harsh with them, right? Oftentimes I'll share some of my ShopRite stories. I walk in each time and say, I wonder what sermon illustrations I'm getting today. You know, so th there, was a, there was a time recently where, you know, uh, I was at the counter and, um, you know, people lined up behind me. And so I wasn't sure if the lady who was, who was uh, you know, running up the order there for me, if she knew my order had ended. You know, so I, I kind of leaned in and I said, hey, uh, you, you know, that's the end of my order, right? And she looked over at me and she said, uh, this is your order that I'm processing. You think you can let me do my job? You know, and I was like, I sure can. I won't say another word. You know, it's kind of harsh. You know, 
I mean, she didn't get over it in a hurry too when I got the receipt. It was like, there you go. Have a good day. You know, so harsh answer. Let me tell you, the next time I shop right, I'm going around. Let me turn up this aisle. There she is. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> going over to this one. You know, thank you very much. Right? So if we want to be an approachable person, and you know, so, so sometimes that can be in our verbiage. Sometimes that's even, it would do us well to do a checkup in the mirror. Sometimes we have, some of us have a resting face that says, I want to hurt you. It's good for you to be aware if you're one of those people because nobody's going to approach somebody who they think maybe wants to hurt them. Right? You know, so sometimes just, just taking a little bit of, you know, th this uh, purpose to be approachable, approachable means we have to have some self-awareness, as many of us do. But sometimes there's things that are just in our, our blind spot that, that we're not sure of. And then let me just bring this, this point in. Now, what happens when we're, we're dealing with people who don't know Christ? What happens when we're dealing with people who have perspectives that are very different than ours? You know, and, and, and they're maybe even coming against us. You know, I, I have found some of the most impacting people of influence have not allowed themselves. I mean, Proverbs is so full of, of wisdom. Like, like, how about this, for instance? It actually says back to back, um, uh, don't answer a fool according to his folly, otherwise you'll be just like him. And then it goes on to say, answer a fool according to his folly, something to the effect of so he could be wiser. So it literally gives opposite instructions. And wh what's going on there? What is it doing? This is another place where it's saying there's a wisdom factor. There is a time to mirror back to somebody what they're doing so they go, oh, that's what I'm doing. That's the wisdom in God. I'm walking in love. I'm not getting down and trying to slug and I'll give you a taste of your own medicine, you know. That's the one where answer a fool according to his folly and you've become just like him. That's on the road when somebody cuts somebody off and then somebody says, oh yeah, well, I'll do that to you. And, and the road rage escalates and all of that, you know, the, these wisdom factors, right? But when it comes to dealing with those that don't know Christ, here's, here's the exhortation for the body. Jude 22 to 24, be merciful to those who doubt. Isn't it interesting when it comes to mercy, we want mercy, Sometimes we forget that when that person is in our shoes, you know, it's like, again, at ShopRite, when somebody's got the cart blocking the whole aisle, you know, I'm like, what's this person's problem? You know, then when I'm blocking the whole aisle, I, I want, it's like, hey, I was distracted. Give me a break here. Have some mercy, right? You know, so, so God wants us to be merciful to those who doubt, save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear. That's mixed with reverence for God, respect, holy awe for God. And notice in all of this, again, a clarifying statement here. Listen, we're in days where, where just to stand up for the truth, people are going to just freak out over it, right? We see it happening in the world all around us. Many of us, we've had those kinds of encounters with people. No, I'm not going to compromise the truth. Yes, I'm going to stand for God's word. I'm going to be salt. I'm going to be light. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep growing in Christ as a pure, holy, spotless bride so that the fragrance of heaven is what is experienced off of my life to people around me. What I don't want to happen is to where I have taken on the world's tactics, in my frustration. Listen, in my righteous anger, be angry, but sin not. 
And what happens when that person, God touches their heart and they melt and they turn and they say, man, maybe there's something to this God stuff. Again, are they going to go to the person who was harsh and scorning and mocking or are they going to go to the person who loved them enough to not back off from truth but was able to say, hey, come here, I'll talk to you. I'll love you. I'll, I'll give you an ear. Yeah, I'll tell you about Jesus. Can you say amen? I realize I'm really dipping into waters here that are out in the minefields that we navigate every day. But we, this is something so important for us to really get a hold of. It is possible to live with a holy, righteous fire and to lift up a voice of clear message of truth and treat people that totally uh, are on the opposite 180 degrees in the other direction with love, dignity, and respect. That was way too little amen for what I just said. Come on. And if you can't amen that, take that to the Lord and really work that through. Because that's absolutely what we see here. Merciful to those who doubt. Right? Snatch them from the fire. It doesn't say when they're ready to pull their hand out of the fire. Literally reaching in and grabbing them from the fire. Praise God. Well, listen, because I love you so much, I'm going to give you a bonus relationship secret today. A bonus relationship secret. Amen. And, and this is one that I've just leaned on for years. So we will have the times, we will have the long stretches where we have difficult situations in our lives where in the natural, we keep getting tripped up, frustrated. Come on, wave at me if, if you, I'm not going to ask you to point to who that is. Don't worry, you know. Um, but here it is, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So there's the secret. You know, in the relationship, whenever we get to a place of challenge, just, Lord, so I engage this as worship unto you. And what that does, that goes back to that principle of God watering us so that our relationships will also be watered. Amen? All right, so let's look as we close here at our next steps. Um, I just, I just want to, sometimes we'll hit these, sometimes we won't, just leave it to read on your own. I just want to point them out as, as we close. So number one, the golden rule. How can you walk out the golden rule in a great way, in other words, in a greater way with someone in your life? So, so where does the golden rule need to be applied in a relationship in your life? Like I said, it could be a relationship of somebody you're really up close to. It could be just simply in, in how you're carrying yourself in public. You know, be specific. Who is it? In what way? And then what will you plan to do this next week to walk out the golden rule? Number two, how is the vertical relationship? That's your relationship with God. Uh, how is that doing? Is that staying first place? Are you staying in fellowship with the Lord? And is that affecting and watering the rest of your relationships? Uh, it, you know, how can you strengthen that and prioritize that area in this next week? And then the last one, memorize 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. And I would say in your favorite translation, just whatever you, you enjoy reading from. And that's, you know, all the descriptions of love, right? We know it says in, in, in uh, Psalms, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And what a great uh, uh, battle verse to have 
Just say, nope, love is patient, love is kind. I'm not keeping record of your wrongs. <laughs> you know, just, just using God's word to be able to not get pulled down into the carnal. Can you say amen? So wisdom for living, relationships, man, the only thing that's going to follow us into heaven. Now, uh, as you can see, I really, I wanted to keep the, the message to where we could chuckle about some of this stuff. I wanted to keep it a little bit on the, on the lighter side and point us toward all the things uh, that, that we want to be, you, you know, as we step forward in this area. <clears throat> but I, uh, during worship of first service, I really felt like the Lord said, just, just go ahead and, and make a call for this this morning. So uh, actually, we're going to close in prayer. I want you everybody to just stand with me if you would, just about wrapped up here. Um, so, so this has to do with, I want to invite you, I want to ask you, I'm asking our church family, I'm asking our intercessors, and I'm asking our prayer people, I'm asking the mature in our body, uh, I want you to know, I am so... Like in my spirit, man, I don't mean this solically. I am so excited about what God is doing in these days in our midst. I mean, we, we can say if we've been around for any period of time, these last couple of months and, and, and prior to those couple of months, there has been a lot of sowing and praying and loving and, and crying out to God that's been happening. But for lack of a better way to word it, would you agree with me that things have rounded a corner? Right? There is a hunger in this church family. It is incredible during worship to just hear where, where you can hear the congregation's voices worshiping uh, on top of as the worship team is leading worship, you know? Those times in between where they're, they're just kind of doing little musical interludes in between and people are not spectating in a song service but beginning to pray out and cry out to God and, and just Holy Spirit moving and working in our midst. Is anybody else seeing that and saying, Lord, Thank you for that, right? It's so good, so good. We need to know and we need to recognize that as, as God is doing great things, the enemy is not going to sit by and watch that happen. And, and so, listen, uh, everybody who knows me knows I'm not a, the devil is not under every rock and around every corner. Uh, but I, ha I have noticed um, there, the enemy is assaulting this church family. I'll just lay it out that way. The enemy is assaulting this church family with uh, interactions that are bringing offense, discord, strife, Anger, getting real. You know, I'm like, Lord, how, how do we deal with this? And I felt like the Lord said, just, just, just l let the church family across the family know. I, I know for me personally, again, I'm not, the, the, everything's the enemy, everything's the devil. I've, I've had some pretty significant uh, battles, many, just in these last couple of weeks. And I'm almost aware I'm saying, Lord, what's going on? And then, and then also, let, let me just be really clear and transparent, and also not happy with the way I, I, I'm finding myself responding. Can you say amen? amen. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. As God was dealing and showing me, you need to be on guard. So, you know, we have been praying for years, you, you know, and we are moving through uh, that, that God will have his way. 
that we will live as a revived people where his presence is just flowing through the sanctuary in every meeting we have and then going with his people as we're out in all the highways and byways of life. Uh, and, and the good news is the kingdom of heaven is unstoppable. Amen? Amen? God's kingdom is absolutely unstoppable. The only thing that can stop it is if we get out of unity in the spirit and we get out of accord with him. And so all I'm doing, and, and if anybody thinks, oh, are you, are you shooting across about me on any particular thing? I promise you, I am not. I am telling you that this is a, a, a big picture spiritual thing that's going on. And, and I'm sharing that simply to say for us to do two things. Number one, to be vigilant, to be uh, diligent before the Lord, to pray and declare no weapon formed against us will prosper. So, so that's first and foremost to make sure that, that we are speaking and declaring and warring on behalf of our family here. And then the second thing is to do like I did and be aware, am I getting ensnared because of circumstances that are happening to me? And then make the decision to say, I'm not going to be ensnared. I'm not going to react uh, earthly, but I'm, I'm going to go in the Lord. If I got to talk to somebody, I talk to them. If I just got to forgive, I forgive, whatever it is, you know. And then the third thing is to make sure that what we are doing in our actions is not spreading uh, the, the enemy's assignment throughout the church family. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So let's just, let's just take that in whatever way God wants us to, uh, to guard that. And again, everything in love. You know, let's make sure that we're just, what is the call of Scripture? And give no place to the devil. Amen. Amen. All right, let's close this in prayer. So Father, as we end service today, God, we are just so thankful that Christianity... <laughs> First of all, that we're saved, that we're heaven bound, and that we get to go through life in this beautiful family as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I thank you for every one of us. You have beautiful and wonderful calling and purpose. And Lord, in all of it, it's all touched and impacted by relationships. So Lord, as we looked at your word today and we looked at wisdom for relationships, Lord, help us to live um, where, where we have healthy, life-giving relationships real close to us. Help us to live in a way where we value and love and see a 10 on the forehead of every person we encounter. Lord, let us live in a way where we are so pursuing you that our relationship with you just feeds every other relationship. And help us, Lord, show us our blind spots, make us aware of ourselves so that we can live in a way uh, that, that is uh, approachable. So that we can love and serve and witness and be a light for you, even, even when we don't realize people are watching. So all that stuff in the message, all those, those points and things we looked at, Holy Spirit, show us and lead us. And, and move us forward in this area to steward the most precious gifts that we could ever have. The only things that will come with us to heaven, the relationships. And then finally, Father, just recognizing here, there's, there's always bumps, there's always issues. But we are recognizing just in this season, the heat is turned up in, in, in this strife. 
and anger and all the stuff that's gone with. So Lord, just together in the name of Jesus, here now, watching online, listening here in the sanctuary, we say, I have no part of that in the name of Jesus. We say, Lord, please forgive us for any in every way that we have participated in what you would call sin or unrighteousness. Father, forgive us for any way where we have, without realizing it, pain, hurt, we've aligned with the enemy instead of with you. Forgive us, God, in the name of Jesus. And we commit here today to be watchmen on the wall, that we will speak the truth in love, that we will uh, be, be those that are accountable. Lord, that we will be encouraged. All these things that we talked about here today, uh, but we will be watchmen on the wall. And so church family, let's just, just in light of that, so let's just make a, a, a confession, a declaration now. So in the name of Jesus, we go on record in faith, in the authority of the name and the lordship of Jesus Christ. We say, church of grace and peace, no weapon formed against you will prosper in the name of Jesus. We say the tongue that rises up in judgment against, that, that those words will be brought down. God, we thank you that you are taking this family imperfect as we are and you are making us healthier and more mature and more alive in you. And so we just give ourselves into your hands. Lord, I, I have no idea in, any other agenda you have other than that you have agenda in individual lives. So Lord, let us have ears to hear you. Let us discern what it is that you want us to do to go from this place to always be a part of your solution, never inadvertently working against you. So God, in all of this, we give you glory. We thank you. Be lifted up, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, individually and corporately. The best is in front of us. All this is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray.